episode 617 of the sleeper and the bust it is friday november 30th and it's time for another fireside chat i'm your host paul Spore, and i am joined by nick pollock nick we're back how's it going what is happening yes we are and uh so much has happened i actually don't really know has. has it i don't know yeah i mean i, I just okay. said that because i could say it <laughs> i wouldn't say so much in terms of volume but some things have happened and we're not really going to get into like the transaction review or anything mm-hmm. but that Mets trade that I don't know if it's like a thousand thousand percent yet I, I just don't understand it particularly from the Mets aspect um Alex Colme was traded to the White Sox today uh, our boy Garrett Richards signed a deal yes. little uh, Michael Pineda Drew Smiley deal where you get the two years and you're hoping to get that second you know let them rehab under your tutelage and then get that second year and then Billy Hamilton was non-tendered um so he'll go pollute another team somewhere <laughs> And we'll see. You know, it is it that is pretty fantasy relevant, though. What if he goes somewhere that isn't so keen on stealing, or you know, it is not maybe as uh, tolerant of of his ineptitude with the, at the dish? Now, has and, he even been drafted in our mock draft here? Oh, let's see. I don't he think so. I don't. I don't really? see him. So I, I'm wondering. I'm Hamilton wondering how returns much of zero impact. of zero. I wonder how much of an impact it will wow. make because. Uh, I mean, we're already a little low on him as it is. Um, but yeah, exactly. I, I would also group... Uh, the first person I thought of was Eovaldi when it was the, the Richards signing. I love oh, that. Yeah, that's, that's, I yep, love yep. that for the Padres. I think I that's too. so good because, I mean, as I, I mentioned last going. time, the bold prediction about bold predictions of the Padres being a playoff team this year. 100%. People are going to be in on, on that and a savvy move like that. And if they don't make it this year, if they're kind of threatening exactly. this year... And then next year's their jump up, getting a guy like Richards. And we've been we've been pro- positive on him. It's all about health, obviously. So right. if they can rehab him and, and come out and get out, uh, you know, 130, 140 innings out of Garrett Richards next year, that'll be nice. So moves are starting to happen. We really haven't seen the free agent market move, though. It's been the trade market that's really driven things uh, so far. And like I said, that that Robinson Cano, Edwin Diaz deal. When it's locked and loaded, we'll you know we'll talk about it whether it's a, happens to coincide with one of our episodes or or one with Justin. But we're actually going to get back into the aforementioned mock. We talked about rounds uh, one through nine last time out, and uh, we've taken you know with the holiday, of course, uh, we've taken the the slow mock portion of this, the word slow, uh, very seriously, and uh, <laughs> we're meandering along. And I frankly have no problem with it. I know some people get in slow mocks. And they lose their minds when it lives up to its name. I'm like, but it, you knew what you were getting into right, right. away. So for me, it's like, eh, it's fine. We're we're moving along. I'm not I'm not too worried about it. And uh, so we we have only gotten to the uh, 16th round. But you and I actually just made picks today. And there's a chance that if Rasball makes his picks in the midst of this cast that you and I could both pick live. But uh, let's let's kind of go in order here and get into the 10th round, which means you picked before me. You picked third uh, in the third slot. I'm in the second slot. So we both went closers. Let's talk about Roberto Osuna. Yeah, this, uh, is, uh, this is something where I generally go for relievers right about now, mm-hmm. 10th, 11th, 12th or so. I, I'm not the kind of guy that will get your Trey, uh, Blake Trinan or your – and when Diaz types your elite guys, the, the oh, top, top, top of the line. Yeah, I generally just don't do that um, because I feel there's too much to gain in those rounds generally. And now there are places. Roberto Ozuna, sure, I'll take that. He had a successful season between uh, the, the Jays and Astros. Obviously, it was a little bit lessened, only 38 games because of his suspension. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and there, I think we're actually going to try and put out an article about the ethics of fantasy baseball and talking That'll be about interesting. like listing all the players that if you want to morally not support in any way, this guy, here are the people you can't draft. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, it becomes increasingly difficult, right? Uh, we, you and I briefly talked about a situation that is going to develop, but the videos there, I don't know what would, uh, you know, um, exonerate Kareem Hunt out here right beating on a woman and and it's like what are these people what are these people doing man what are these guys doing with their lives but i know there are some folks that you know they don't want to have anybody like that on their team uh you know they're 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 trying it's it's a rooting interest sort of thing i can respect that yeah I i can too and uh it's it's a case where if it's uh, – I coach a, a, a youth basketball league as well mm-hmm. um, where I understand firsthand, like, all right, what this is what the rule set is and I'm going to adhere to it as that is. Uh, and that's kind of how I, I work. So then with Osuna, he's in the player pool. If, if ESPN or Yahoo says, I don't care about the suspension he's playing, then I am going to look aside for that. Uh, as much as I don't agree with how MLB handles the situation, but that's another story. Yeah, uh, but anyway, what you get from Osuna, I don't really think that twenty-one percent K rate is going to stick with that fifteen percent swing strike rate. I think he's much better than that. Uh, two thirty-seven ERA. I mean, sure, why not like a two-five, two-six? I don't expect him to falter a ton. I don't expect him to hint at a sub-two ERA either. I think he's just going to be a steady closer for the Astros. Obviously, a winning team. I needed one this point. I didn't love any other picks. We were both talking about Herman Marquez at this point. Got taken what? by DVR the pick before. What did so, you think of the three lefties that went right before you took him as far as closers, Chapman, Vasquez, and Brad Hand? Would you have preferred one of them if you had your uh, if you had your druthers? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I would take Chapman. I think I would take Felipe. Maybe I'd take Osuna. Uh, Hand, I think, is below Osuna for me personally. Um, just because I don't know exactly. I mean, I guess he is going to slide into it with Cleveland, but it does seem like they have an op- opportunity to maybe even go get someone. Uh, and make hand more of like pairing up with Miller. They, they like doing that last year with Allen uh, closing. Well, Miller's hand. gone. Well, right. So, oh, right. Of course, I forgot yeah, about that. So right. He could yeah, be definitely. the Miller. He might just be the flat out the the flat out Miller um, and be their fireman. It is nice because he doesn't seem to be somebody who's going to raise a fuss if he's not closing Brad Hand. Right. And to where they could say, hey, we, you know, we're going to get Adam Adovino. I think we're going to make him the closer, but you're still going to be our seventh eighth inning fireman. And I think he'd be fine with that. Of course, that compromises his fantasy value. But if Brad Hand is closing, I really like him. So for me, he's somebody whose draft stock will raise um, as we get uh, information on the role. They could bring back Cody Allen, you know, bring him back on a cheaper deal and let him close because you don't necessarily have to have your best guy closing. In fact, you know, you can make the statistical, the sabermetric case that it's better to have that fireman as your best guy and then give the, the lesser of the two guys the three inning clean slate in the ninth inning more often with with the closer so that's the interesting thing with brad hand um ozuna will uh be the guy in houston i i'm i mean they they they've made their bed with that you know obviously right, there exactly. was pushback on that i think at this point uh, they're gonna ride it out and they're going to say well you know he's gonna he's gonna be our guy then you know i don't know if this is their thinking or not but they feel like it might be where they have a feeling where their only way they're going to kind of get out of this and i'm not saying that they 
will really because or that they necessarily should be off the hook or whatever but if he performs and the fact of the matter is when people perform uh those who are you know carrying their pitchforks and angry tend to forget a lot you know a lot of people don't uh you know you, you see a guy putting up 70 innings of a of a, a two two and a quarter era all of a sudden uh you're, you're not as righteous um I, I would hope that those who are angry about it and um you know didn't want the move will still feel that way even when he's putting up numbers yep and uh yeah obviously really great point about andrew miller there i uh, but uh, my question is, would you rather have Leclerc than Osuna? And that's that's a tough one, like because that's who I took, Jose Leclerc. The uh, the uh, I think so on team alone. I think team alone is it, you know we, we've we've seen the numbers. I know people try to make the case. Well, what about the guy that's going to be on the lesser team? They're going to play closer games. No, you just want the guy. Uh, the, the better the team is, the more save opportunities there are, plain and simple. Uh, there are no two ways around it. It's It's been proven beyond shadow of doubt that, by and large, the best teams are going to net the most save opportunities. Uh, there will be extenuating circumstances, obviously. I, I think uh, Edwin Diaz had 712 save opportunities last year, uh, <laughs> despite the fact that they weren't that great. That sounds about team. right. But, uh, yeah, Leclerc is awesome. I absolutely love the skills, and he actually cut that walk rate a bit, too, which was nice. The dude's, like, unhittable. I mean, the last the last two years, he put up a four five hit nine last year and a three seven this year. Like the dude is unhittable. So even when he is allowing some walks, uh, it's it's not that detrimental because he puts on a guy and then the next two strike out or or you know dribble one into the ground for an easy out and he's out of the inning. But Texas is not going to be near Houston. And so between those two, I do still have Osuna rated higher. But I really do love Leclerc. And he's somebody that I've already gotten a couple times. And I think I'm going to have a good number of shares with him. The Brad Hand, Kirby Yates, Jose Leclerc uh, kind of pool of closers is where I'm living right now. Yeah, that sounds right to me. Uh, Again, around this time, 10th, 11th round, it's not as exciting as I think the first nine rounds are. Which is why sure. I think I'm on your side here of waiting for that pool of players to, to get my first closer. Yeah, and, and so we ended up getting ours there, and it made it a pretty big closer round there. Five of the 12 picks were closers. And then you and I both took second baseman, despite already having them. Uh, I think they're <laughs> guys that we could move around, put in utility. I think my Max Muncy will have other eligibility. I don't know if Just Murphy first does. Base. Uh, okay. Muncy, I don't Which think, I'm has second base anymore. I don't think. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, I'm not even. He's there. We basically both both drafted utilities, but I looked at it, and you know, I did a double take because I, I was obviously fully aware that Muncie had a great season and all that. I didn't really quite realize that the it didn't imprint on my brain that it was 35 homers. Yeah, it was it was ridiculous. Like, I really like the that from you. is bananas so i was really happy to pick up that kind of pop at this point in the draft in round 11 now is he going to fully repeat 35 um i'm fine betting against that i think that that's reasonable to say uh, that he won it but he also did so in 137 games what if he bumps up to 155 games uh, i think 30 plus homers feels pretty comfortable 263 391 582 love the triple slash love the patience and plate approach that max muncie has felt very comfortable slotting him into uh into the utility spot there we don't have middle and corner um but i was more than happy like i said to put him as a util yeah i like that a lot and oftentimes you see with this kind of uh, pop from the left side of the plate 
that they have very bad splits that would make that would turn you away. And it's really not that bad. It's eight home runs in uh, 120 plate appearances against the lefties with a 255 average, and then 27 home runs in 362 plate appearances against righties with a 266 average. And obviously, it's a little bit better, slightly against right-handers, but still very serviceable against lefties as well. Uh, I think this is good. You could do some stuff at third base with Rendon. I don't think Rendon has any other eligibility. Does he? I was going to say, does he go anywhere else? Um, no. I heavily considered your guy. Uh, you took Daniel Murphy, so I had I have these two, Murphy and Muncy close. I thought I needed the raw power a little bit more because uh, you mentioned Rendon, um, uh, Charlie Blackman. Uh, Juan Soto, Corey Seager. I don't have a lot of like straight boppers. There, there, there are a lot right. of 20s guys in there, but like Matt Olson and and oh, I guess Mookie Betts, you know, he's, he's a pretty he's good bet for, yeah, he <laughs> just does everything. But as far as like raw boppers, right. Olson's kind of my only one. And so that's what leaned me toward Muncie. If I'd been reversed and maybe I had a bunch of boppers, but, but, but perhaps batting average was a little bit of a challenge, then I would have gone Murphy. But that was your pick. I thought that was a savvy pick. Um, he really got back on track with the Cubs to a degree. It wasn't full Dan Daniel Murphy, but it was a reasonable facsimile. And I, this guy's just a hitter, man. And sure, you know, you can talk about he's going to be 34 and he get up there in age, but he doesn't strike me as somebody who is just going to have his skills completely erode very quickly. I think he will have a soft descent uh, to where he's still a capable hitter in his mid-30s. Health is obviously going to be the key. Uh, if we get that health from Murphy, he's going to be good. There have been rumors of maybe going to the Yankees, that would be a dream scenario. But uh, I think any landing spot's going to be a decent one because I think contenders are really looking at adding a Daniel Murphy. So how did you feel about the about this pick when you when you took him? I mean, it really felt like I couldn't let Murphy go anymore. Mm-hmm. This was very much of a, it's a mock draft, and you know what? I don't know if necessarily I would take Murphy just because my team construction. I'm going to have Shaw at second base. At the same time, I could put Murphy at second, Shaw, Util, or whatever you'd want. Flip that. Fine, but uh, I just see him in the 11th round, and Murphy should not be going in the 11th round, in my opinion. So I just took it out of just straight value. He's the best player on the board, in my opinion. I... I don't know who I'd rather have, Muncy or Murphy. I think you hit the nail on the head uh, when talking about team construction and what do you need. Uh, I I can believe more that Muncy would return something like top 60 hitter value more so than Murphy just mm-hmm. because of his, uh, his home run potential. Uh, but then, of course, you could make the case that Murphy has a better floor, but then there's injury and... All that fun stuff. Uh, you mentioned the Yankees. I think he fits perfectly there. They're looking for a lefty guy. Uh, obviously, obviously, with Didi out for a while, he slots into second base super well. Yep. Uh, Torres goes over to short, but who knows? And then, and then he could play first. He could play when, first, When too. everyone comes exactly. back, he, could go, he right. could go over to first. I mean, Greg Bird, I'm sorry, dude. Yep. Your 90th chance <laughs> might be up. I know Luke hey, Boyd is there. Boyd. Relax, Yankees. I know, <laughs> Yankees fans, relax. Luke We're Boyd. all messing around. And I, I do believe in a bit of, of Luke Voigt being a, a quality hitter, but I don't think he's somebody you slot in for 155 no, games. No, he's not. That, I don't think the Yankees are really going to be trying to make Voigt or Bird their entirety of first place options Correct. for 2019. He's not a first division first baseman, despite what the 148 plate appearances of uh, heavenly, uh, right. you know, plate work he did with the Yankees says for for Luke Voigt. Yeah, so the, the way you're saying that, I want us to call him like a D2 player then, as opposed to a D1. 
You know, you can see them maybe performing yep. at D1 levels at times, yep. but they're not there. He's a D2 that, guy. That, that, that's exactly it. And so, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I do think Murphy will be a good fit there. We'll see where he goes. But like I said, I'm not really sure anywhere is going to necessarily be a bad landing spot, particularly with the uh, – it's something that the Giants would do when they're con- competing, but they're tearing down. So you won't get stuck with that. Although I do think he would rip that alley apart for doubles, so the batting average would still be there, even if he did end up going somewhere but right. like like San, uh, San Francisco, but I don't really see that. Um, then we, we copycatted again, actually, two rounds in a row where we, we both took – fun pictures. now, though. This is the yeah, fun time. Took, back in 12 and 13. <laughs> and both doubled up on starters so let's get your starter first in the 12th um, it was a starter light a uh, couple of rounds too by the way finishing off the 11th it was morton and darvish were the only two to go then flipping back into the 12th uh justin mason took heaney then the guy who took darvish also took tanaka who was that that, that was, was uh, scott. Good old, scott good old steve good old steve no, no, it's scott i'm going to say it every time as scott <laughs> He went Darvish Tanaka, and then uh, and then back to us where we where we popped the next two pitchers. So there are only four in this round. You went Jay Happ, and he was right there on my consideration list. I got my guy who was actually number one, but Happ was number two. So again, we were seeing eye to eye on things. Happ doesn't have a team yet. He could be the consolation if someone swoops in and gets Corbin. I don't think that's going to happen. I do think the Yankees are going to get him, but Happ is just one of those guys who continues to perform. He's just a solid. Uh, solid pitcher that I don't think people give enough credence to as a viable fantasy starter to kind of plug in the middle of your rotation. He's your what? Fourth starter? He's the fourth at this time, yes. Uh, Fourth, 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 fourth. And that's fantastic because you went Nola Clevenger, Wheeler, Hap. I love Hap as a fourth. So talk to us about the uh, 36-year-old Southpaw. So there are a couple things here. I mean, just about Hap himself, a 113 whip was the lowest of his career. Highest K rate at 26.3%. Highest overall swing strike rate at 10.5%. Uh, and his lowest, second lowest Sierra in his career at 3.64, 3.62 in 2013. Uh, I love the fact that he's elevating four seamers a ton now. Uh, that's part of the reason why I believe in the K rate to an extent. Not the 26% mark, but I do think he can push 23+. plus. Uh, next season and he's a ratio guy he's a guy that is going to give you stable era and whip understand i'm not going to expect close to 180 plus i don't think but i mean that is 170 plus and three in the last four seasons i i would love that 180 uh innings of 360 ball with a 115 to 1.2 whip uh with that 23 percent k rate that is sturdy that is so helpful as your number four I will, I will definitely take that at this point. And it does make me think about something that uh, I didn't think I'd be saying. And I've been saying this entire uh, offseason thus far is that I'm going for three starters early. I might be doing more of your thing of waiting. Uh, this this mock definitely exposed that there are a ton of guys here. that uh, Even my last pick so far in the say. 16th round goes to show that you know I might not even go two stars. I might go just one in the first seven. I might try and make that work. I still like two. I st- I, I would I would I talk know. you off of that and and suggest know. that you still get two. Well, but I feel you on the glob because the guy you took, the guy I got, the next two we took, and then the two that we just took in the sixteenth, three rounds a- after we took Hap, and then uh, spoil or will reveal I took Ivaldi, and so. Uh, I, I agree that that it is this part of the draft where a lot of the starters going. I do like. 
But there are also some bats, though, and I don't want to be in a position where I have to take the arms. We have the opportunity to because we did get some good starters up front. I went Cole Paxton, you went Nola Clevenger, Wheeler. Uh, Eovaldi was my third. That is a little bit risky, but I backed him up with Mr. Steady Eddie, the guy who I It's amazing. This cracks me up time. so much. This is what we bonded over. So, yeah, we'll pair, we'll pair them together because uh, <laughs> I really did see them as a pair. And that's the reason sure. I, I ended up taking uh, Kyle Hendricks is because the floor is remarkably stable. I have constantly railed on him as being overrated. I thought it was laughably ridiculous that MLB Network put him in their top 10 starters right now last year. And uh, like I said, I, I regularly clown on him. I'm waiting for the bottom to fall out. But – I also can't deny that he actually has, you know, the 180 innings three of the last four years. So I back that up with somebody like Eovaldi, who is a, who is still a little bit of a wild card. Let's make no mistake about it. That just because the last thing we remember is a great playoff performance out of Eovaldi, that doesn't mean that he is locked and loaded and ready to be a major contributor. Heck, even just this year was only 111 innings. And it was a 381 ERA and a 113 whip. Strikeouts finally jumped up over 20%. First time ever over 20%. Think about Eovaldi's stuff that he's had from day one. And this first time over 20% at 22%. So he is far from a certainty. But I really do like Nathan Eovaldi. And I thought getting the stability of a Kyle Hendricks. Plus, I did a little bit for the meme. I will not lie. Um, (laughs) I just thought it was so funny. I I was going to take a, a steady Eddie type whoever it was and with Hendrix there I figured this will uh this will trigger plenty of folks on on Twitter and especially Nick so let me go ahead and take Kyle Hendrix. Nice. Uh, I mean with Kyle Hendrix I really do feel now that he's uh, we've been saying that he isn't so good for a while because he would be ranked at like 25 and 30 that was the in problem fantasy. Too. Cost. Right, and the cost was terrible and we're like well no, we just see him going down and he has gone down 344 ERA. He did improve a lot. Uh, he struggled early, had about four ERA mm-hmm. in the first like two, three months, and then had about two, five or so after that. Something I stupid. T- I took a little bit of a victory lap, too. I'm such an idiot, dude. I, I, I cashed the ticket before <laughs> I was able to cash. Oh, I was like, oh, I told you all the bottom was going to fall out. <laughs> and uh, and he well, rebounded. He had a heck of a second half. So it was his fastball. His sinker wasn't nearly as good uh, earlier on. And then he got it back, which is so interesting because we really thought that, especially with the declining velocity over the years. I mean, he's going about like 86 now or so, 87. Uh, that, you know, he even did 85 in 2017. That it was just going to get worse and worse and worse. And good to see that he definitely rebounded actually midseason, figured things out and got better. I don't really think he's going to hint at a sub three ever again. And this could be a 3 7 year. That's very much yep. a possibility. At the same time, I really don't think he's going to be a four plus. I also don't think that he's going to be a one two five or one point three whip guy either. I think he can probably expect like a one two whip with around a twenty percent plus K rate and a good ERA, and that's helpful at this point. Thirteenth round, you're looking for your fourth star to get some stability. It makes sense to go after Hendricks. I probably would have gone for him myself, actually. Uh, I think I was debating between the two Kyles, like I was and, a South Park episode. So, and if, if I'd have had say say you had taken Eovaldi, I would have taken half. And then I would have taken your I, – I, honestly, I would have just flipped <laughs> uh, and I would have taken That's Kyle funny. Freeland because I like him. But I was looking for some stability with Ivaldi. And as much as I believe that Kyle Freeland, among those who work at Coors, I believe he can handle it pretty well. He's kind of shown that. I do think there is a little something. I don't know if this is a little Alex Stinkfast or not, but I do think there's something.
attention to the fact that Cal Freeland is from there. He's been pitching in in the Colorado weather uh, and altitude forever. And I wonder if there's a little bit of something that has, you know, prepared him all his life by by growing up there and pitching there uh, throughout his, uh, you know, high school career. Now he did go out out of state to college, but I wonder if there's anything to that that makes him more readily prepared to pitch at home uh, when he's in Colorado because he continues to have have success there despite how scary Colorado is. But you went ahead and paired him up with with Hap, and I like that. Um, I I like what what Freeland does. Am I betting on a 285 again? No, I don't think you are either. But what I do really like uh, is to just smush his, his last two years together and get that average. Uh, 410 ERA last year, 285 this year. Uh, put it together, split it, 339. I, I think that that's something that you could bet on and put a 339 with like a 125 whip. Uh, I can get behind that. You know what's so, surprising? Is that yes. I, his final 10 starts of the year, guess what? He had a 24% K rate. The K rate was jumping. He was starting to get swings and misses because, and this is another thing we talk about this, uh, namely with Miles Michaelis. We see guys that don't strike out a lot. Uh, now, Michaelis, it's a little bit different. It's, it's the walk rate thing. People think they're soft tossers, but I think similar with uh, Kyle Hendricks. He's a ground ball, you know, kind of get three and out done, don't strike out a ton. People think automatically soft tosser. He averages 92 from the left side. Right. That's pretty good. And he can pop 94, 95. So he's not just some junk baller, Kyle Hendricks. I like what Kyle Freeland he is, does. He is John Luster, but better. Yep. He's trying to do with I mean, a tougher John environment to, that kind of right. balances it out a little. It, bit. It's kind of nuts. Uh, he uses cutter a little bit more and has had a lot more success with it in those final ten starts. I think he started using more as a strikeout pitch uh, during that time, and I do wonder if that will carry over a bit. This is one of the rare cases where uh, I believe more in the a lot more in the eye test and, and the guys mm. command enough than I do the peripherals that do suggest obviously massive regression. I mean, we're talking four thirty five Sierra. With an 83% left on base rates, a .76 home run per nine in cores. And if you tell it to a lot of people, there, there's so many people that are just not going to touch him. They're going to see even a 367 FIP with a 20.5% K rate. They think, that's a Toby, Nick. That's not someone I want to go after. And I really do believe that he is a guy that's capable of outperforming that. Uh, I think he has really good commands. So good going up and into to right-handed hitters with his fastball. Then staying away. Uh, with with secondary stuff, and also even getting up and in with that cutter too, um, mm-hmm. I think he really is a guy that earns that twenty percent soft contact. Um, so I think at this point, I wanted more stability. Fifth starter, I think I can really depend on Kyle Freeland for doing like a three five ERA or so uh, with a solid whip as well. And maybe that K rate does stay up a little bit, like he hinted at in the final ten starts. Exactly. Now, now with Nathan Eovaldi. I what I found really interesting about him is that he suddenly turned on that that cutter as well. It was after it took like four starts for him to start throwing over thirty percent of the time, and in his final fifteen starts, with each above thirty percent usage, he had a twenty two percent K rate and just a five percent walk rate with a two ninety nine FIP in that time. Filthy. So I I love it. I mean, he can just be a two pitch guy with that with a hundred going upstairs now. Now he's, he's got just that splitty too though. Yes, it's fine. Yeah, I mean it's it's there. It's, it's still something yeah, yeah. that I and a slider too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but it's really fastball cutter, right? And it's so hurt. good. It's just that one dive where it's going in the middle, or it's going one place, and you don't know if it's going to stay there or if it's going to or, or come down and in. into your bat or or away from right you, as on, a left. Uh, yeah, exactly right. 
And uh, that's a cut that comes in like 94. We were seeing it like 96. It, it's so, that's like, what's what so the... gross about it. Oh, it's, man. It doesn't really lose the movement and you <laughs> putting 95, 96 mile per hour cutter. I mean, it's just so gross what these guys do with these with these sliders at 95 and cutters and, uh, at 97. And, it's, and it's the, real, the real cool thing about it is one of the major, major knocks I had on Eovaldi for years. Um, it was It's kind of like the Noah Syndergaard problem. You see these elevated BABIPs. Because he had this heater without, uh, he would just kind of toss it in the middle of the plate a lot. And people yep. would slap it. It was more hittable heat than you'd want it to be. <laughs> without the strikeouts, which made, it, which made it extra frustrating. Right. But now, now he doesn't have to do the same thing because he has this cutter. Now he can actually get that fastball up. And that's why he had 11% swing strike rate last year after not even coming close to 10% in any season prior. So mm-hmm. now, all of a sudden, you can use it as a proper weapon as opposed to the strike-throwing pitch. And that is his cutter now a lot harder to just slap um, and get a hit with. So I really do believe in the changes he's made, especially with that cutter. Hopefully, he's healthy. Hopefully, he can give you 150-plus innings. But yeah, if you I get that, he definitely should be a number four starter. And and I really was debating between him and Hap there in the 12th round. So I'm Hard curious to, know to where... see where they go. Yeah, hard to know where he's going to go because uh, Eovaldi specifically because like every team in the world's in on him. Like literally, I've seen Astros, Phillies, Yankees, Brewers, Braves, Angels, White Sox, Blue Jays, Giants, and Padres checking in on him. (laughs) Obviously, the Astros are the team that everyone would love to see him go to. And I wonder if they have a little bit of a leg up perhaps because uh, he's from Texas, but he's also from exactly where Nolan Ryan's from. And I don't know. If there's anything, to, you know, if that would, it, 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 plus obviously Nolan Ryan's involved with the club. I wonder if that would appeal to him at all to, to you know, not necessarily be under the tutelage of Nolan. It's not like he's a major coach, but he's around. And I don't know, you know, you grow up in Alvin, Texas, uh, right. where Nolan Ryan is the god. Uh, is there anything to that? We'll see. But uh, I'm, maybe they'll have he lands. Maybe they'll have the same relationship like Homer Simpson and George W. Bush, right? Hopefully, just across the street from each other. Yes, hopefully we can. We, that's what we can pray for. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I like both of our guys there, uh, and then like I said, bounce back with the two Kyles. You know, two picks later, it was after you took Freeland, it was Nomar Mazar, and then John Gray. I don't think I even have to look this up. If someone has an idea of when this might have happened, I don't know how you'd look it up because ADP just doesn't go that way. But I would be willing to bet a lot that this is the literal first time ever that three Rockies pitchers were gone. Starting pitchers were gone by round 13. Oh, that's interesting. Because Marquez went in the 10th, and then Freeland and Gray both went right, 13th. Yeah. Have there ever been a situ- situation when three Rocky starters were, were in the top 13 rounds? That's a great question. I don't think so. I, I like that. I think where you'd start would be with Ubaldo's best years and see if he had anybody else who was worth worth a lick on those teams with him. And it would. I think it would have to be... You'd have to look the year after he had the big season because, um, well, maybe not. He was pretty good the year before the the giant 288 ERA um, in 2010. So right. 2009, 2010. Uh, let me look at 2010 real quick. I I, I doubt it. I, I highly doubt it. <laughs> and, and, and while you do that, I'm just even thinking to myself, talking about my theory of maybe I'm not going to go after three starters early. Uh, let's just do some trading. So Daniel Murphy I took in the 11th round. And let's say I pair him with, I don't know, Mike Clevenger in the sixth. Mm-hmm. I could get back Eddie Rosario and uh, and take someone like Tanaka or Heaney 
or something like that oh, instead? Oh, yeah. Fli- flip-flop it, you're saying. Right, yeah. So, see, is that something I would rather do or not? I don't know. It, it, or, it's, it's opening the door for that conversation. What about um, if you gave back Wheeler or something? And let's see, what round? Yeah, he went in the seventh. Maybe uh, you know, Justin Turner went then. Uh, Hanniger, uh, Conferto, other guys like are, that. Are you I'm a Pollock to... guy at all or a Hanniger? Uh, only ACK, sorry. I I might even turn down going after Nola though. That's what I'm even getting at. Is like maybe I'd go after Chris Bryant or Andrew Benatendi instead. Okay, so you're talking at that point. Maybe don't get your ace there and right. make Clevenger your exactly. Ace. Okay, and that, and that might be something I think I might go for. Well, that's again, that's going to be an interesting setup because I do think some people are, are ready to get back into the pitching market, and if you zig there and, and kind of go the other way, um, that's going to create some different opportunities for you and. It's not always a bad idea to go against the, the the prevailing market because then you're you're swimming in a pool where maybe you have more options, right? You're you're doing something so different that you're not getting vultured as much, and maybe that creates better scenario. Plus, you know, we have confidence in our ability to manage pitching throughout the season. So it depends on your league type too, and what you're going to go against. I know you had your your daily picks and. In most leagues, I think you would have even better options than the guys that you were picking because you were picking 20% and lower. Right. So, you know, if, if you were able to not even do as well as that, you wouldn't even have to because I think, um, again, you would have some better options there while you're plucking guys off the wire. Maybe maybe you don't take a pitcher until the seventh round. Maybe you, you, you talk about having three in the top seven. Maybe you're not even taking your first until the seventh. Right. Yeah, maybe. I mean, even this Aaron Nola and Travis Shaw from Michaelis and Benatendi or Bryant. I think I do that, honestly. I think I would too. But then, okay, so then you have Clevenger, Wheeler, Michaelis. I I like that as a Hap Freeland. I mean, that's five five guys I believe in, right? So that might be the the transition I make going for five hitters in the first five rounds, even. Um, And then starting going for your Clevenger, Tyone type, Wheeler, Price, et cetera. I get two of those. That kind of thing, six, yeah, seven. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. Um, all right, so let's continue through the 13th round here. There were some interesting picks. More uh, more relievers were going. Stupid Justin Mason. It's almost like he thinks similarly to to us and, and shares some of our beliefs. He trumped me, man. He he, he totally trolled <laughs> me with his 13-14. Like, those are two guys that I've just been, like, gushing over. He goes Ross Stripling, Garrett Hampson, just the double middle was, finger to me. I was me. so surprised that Hampson went the 14th, at least. He did that He did that because he knows I would have taken him in the, in probably the 15th. <laughs> and so it, would, it wouldn't have gotten back to him. That was right. a – I got to take him before Spore does anything froggy here um, because I am very interested in Garrett Hampson. He's a pure speedster. Um, he's got He's got some good – he's got a good hit tool. Obviously, your hit tool is inflated when you're in Colorado. So I think it can be DJ LeMayhew as a hitter. Um, with a lot more speed. DJ LeMay, who never really ran. He kind of meandered his way to double-digit steals, whereas Hampson, I think, can maybe not hit as high. Like, uh, LeMay, he was a pretty good bet for 300. Let's put Hampson closer to 280, but let's give him a boatload more steals. So I like those picks from him. You and I finally got back into the hitting pool here. Now, Buxton and Nimmo went a couple of speedsters uh, just before your pick. I wonder if you had either of them on the brain and ended up, quote unquote, settling for your speedster when you got Ender and Ciarte. No, definitely. I wanted Nimmo. 
I, 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 I thought so, and there. he literally went right before you. So that yeah, was I, that was a little twist of the knife there. And, and I'm really surprised because he has four outfielders already. And I was like, okay, I think I got Nemo at that point. And don't you hate uh, that when you when it lines up? You're like, listen, no, he's not going to take this position. No Come way. on, he doesn't. Why would he this. do that? And then, Why does he need a third boom. tight end? <laughs> third tight. End. Oh, he just took his fourth quarterback. Come on, oh, man. Oh man, I'm sorry. I just made a football joke. What is wrong with me? It was, what it was am pretty, I doing? It was, it was, yeah. Oh. So. I will but, say it was uh, real. I could, I could just say third catcher. Oh, man. I'm, I'm so sorry, guys. Uh, I've let I've all you down. No, I took Ender and Ciarte because I did need some speed. Uh, I do see myself as more of a hitting uh, power team at the moment with guys like Judge and Rizzo and even Hicks and Suarez. Certainly. Uh, it's, it, I did. And Shaw, I felt like I needed some kind of run plus speed guy. I am a little bit worried about Ciarte getting a lot of his steals earlier on. Uh, he only had four steals in September, which, okay, that yeah. turns into 24 or so. Yeah, he had a rough but, finish, but that defense keeps him on the field, man. Exactly. And He'll still be playing, like and the like Braves' that. offense is getting better. You just also have Donaldson getting added. I, I mean, I think I see what he, he did last year, 10-28, sure, say 10-25. I think that average is going to go up, 265, probably like 275, 280, something like that, maybe and even higher. There, there's 300 potential. Like right. he, if he bounces back and is more of even if it's 1020, but it's 290, I, I'll, I'll give back those eight SBs uh, and even three or four of the homers. Give me 720, but 290. I'm fine with that. I'm I'm perfectly fine right. with that. But I, I, I so I think you got some upside here with NCRT because he's going to play. So they're going to give him opportunities to work through it. Not to mention he's had 80 plus runs in three straight years. Mm-hmm. So obviously that does depend on where he does land in that lineup. Sure. Hopefully sure. he does end up near the top. But then Acuna was doing that, and well maybe Albies doesn't go back to the top four or five. We'll see. Albies had a rough uh, summer. He he uh, started off really strong and then kind of meandered uh, throughout throughout the rest of the summer there with Albies. So. We'll see where he goes. But I like the NCR tape pick that goes with Judge and Hicks uh, very nicely um, because I think, obviously, Judge, superpower guy. Hicks, kind of a balanced guy. And then NCR tape, more of a speed guy. Um, I I went with an interesting pick here because I, I just – pick. Thank you. I appreciate that. I went with Buster Posey. I wasn't going to take catcher. I was going to wait. We're doing a one catcher league, um, which you mercifully did, did for us because catcher is so freaking brutal. <laughs> I'm so just usually, trying to do the baseline for everybody. Yeah, Let's just it, do a 12 team five by five standard and we can adapt from there. With that, uh, we didn't see the first catcher go until round five when JT Romuto went to um, uh, Bobby Sylvester from from Fantasy Pros. And then we didn't see another one until Gary Sanchez went literally three rounds later to Justin Mason. So people were just waiting on catcher. Then we saw a little double up or no, Wilson Ramos went in the 11th, then a double up in the 12th with Wilson Contreras and Sal Perez. And then that left me with Posey in the 14th. And I figure, you know what? This is perfectly fine. This is definitely a plus at catcher. Uh, right. So even though you know uh, we only need one, I still got a plus asset here. Um, I know he only hit five homers last year. That's so brutal. I feel confident that he's going to do better than that. He did still hit 284, though. He's still going to be better than most catchers, even if he only hits like nine homers, which would not be fun. Plus, it was five in 105 games, too. So if he doesn't get hurt and Posey plays a buck 40 the way he's he's used to. Maybe he'll go to first base and he'll get he'll and be, be a little bit safer in that regard, I think there's too. been some chatter about maybe putting him at third, too. Huh. 
because he is very athletic, or at you least he was. He's going to be 32 now, but uh, he played just shortstop. Just stick him as closer. He just, just let him close. Closer. He yeah. closed at Florida State. Uh, yeah, he exactly. closed. He played shortstop. He did everything. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I like Posey here. I felt really good about this. Um, locking up my catcher now. I don't have to worry about it and get some drag later who might uh, actually hurt. Uh, Grandal went in the next round, and then it, it, we haven't seen another catcher since. So, uh, or, or the ne- Yeah, in the next round, the 15th round. So I got Posey there. Felt pretty good about it. Um, and then, you know, I did consider one of the guys that Rasball took, Yusei Kikuchi. And I've been waiting on Kikuchi, and I, I haven't timed him right yet. I, I know it sounds crazy, being that it's only November 30th, but I've done multiple drafts already because I'm a psychopath. And every time, I miss timing him. And I, I'm saying, I got one more round. Let me wait one more round to take, it, take a shot on him. He's going to get posted next month. He's the next big phenom coming over uh, from Asia. So I'm eager to see what's going on with him. Uh, but I waited one too many there. I don't regret the Posey pick, though. I don't think I would rather switch it. I, I'm fine to have Posey. So with him taking Kikuchi, I went ahead and went with Ramon Laureano. Um, and it was between Laureano and Austin Meadows, who went four picks later. And I actually just asked my girlfriend. I said uh, she has no idea who they are. I just let her pick the two <laughs> names because they were so similar to me that I didn't care. So which name does she like better, Ramon Laureano or Austin Meadows? And Ramon Laureano is a cool name, so maybe that's why she went with him. I talked about this with uh, Nciarte that defense guarantees his spot. I don't mm-hmm. think it guarantees a spot with Laureano and he performed really well while he played last year and he was an elite defender uh, in just 48 games of work five homers seven steals 288 358 474 with that gold glove glove caliber defense going to be 24 I really like Ramon Laureano I've actually gotten him in three leagues already uh, this one doesn't count but the one that I've uh, two that I've done already that will count I have Laureano as well so I was pretty big on him what did you think of that pick for me yeah, I thought that was that was pretty solid. 15-15 with a 250 average of Steamer's projections for yep. him in 525 games, or played pants rather. Uh, yeah, it's uh, we're getting to that point that we don't have those kind of upside plays left, really. There are only a handful. Uh, and to get that in Ramon and the 15th round, I think that's a solid pick. Um, now, about Kikuchi, I got a question for you. Yes. Um, think about Michaelis last year. I know it's, a, it's not the same. They're different pitchers and all that stuff and age and all that i uh, would you uh, would you associate the hype around mikolas being the same as kikuchi different worse a little bit higher and my my guy uh tim mcleod if you're not familiar with tim mcleod you need to get yourself familiar folks he's awesome very in on the overseas pitchers in fact he tipped me off to michaelis at the arizona fall he just said and it does it every year and sometimes it's just the normal guy the, the guy that everyone knows he says hey you know kenta maeda's coming over you know know about him uh yeah, masahiro tanaka yeah i do believe in him or gives a thumbs down on a guy that says ah, i'm not going to go so high on the the next import last year gives me a thumbs up pulls me aside literally says hey Miles Michaelis, you remember him? I said, yeah, I know the name. It's like he really changed himself. He's going to come over. He's good. This year, Kikuchi got the thumbs up seal of approval from Tim McLeod. So I'm really eager to see what he's able to do. I think there should be similar hype, um, not similar. Okay, let me rephrase this properly. When Michaelis was coming over, there wasn't as much hype because I think he was kind of uh, a quote-unquote known asset because we knew when he was here and he wasn't very good. What he became – is the hype that Kikuchi should have, if that makes sense. Okay, so what you're saying is uh, about a month into the season, 
our yes. assessment then of Mikolas should be should what be, our assessment oh, now of Kikuchi. That's where I would. Uh, that's okay. where I get it. And once he gets a landing spot, and all the you know Jeff Passons of the world and Joe Sheehan's do their profiles on him and 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 let people know, include some gifts of his pitching. And if you guys do a, a report on him, and and get some gifts, uh, obviously I think videos. We did actually. I think we had a we had an article. About okay. Him. Well, I think once pe- people probably read it, it'll get more highly trafficked once he lands. Right. I think Kikuchi's draft stock is going to go up. I don't think he's going to be a regular 15th rounder. I think he's going to be closer to the 11th, 12th. The reason I bring this up is because Michaelis last year was, you know, last four, three rounds. You were yes. able to just go he's and free. take him. It was go ahead. And um, I remember the comparisons then being to Kenta Maeda. Uh, so I was I was like, all right, sure. Why not, guys? Let's go after Michaelis. You know the why comparison not? I got a lot um, and, and started using myself was Colby mm-hmm. Lewis. From when Colby Lewis came. Oh back. yeah, I remember that too. Because yeah. it was it also helped that they were both in the Rangers. Both on the Rangers, both went over after being crappy here, and uh, you, you know came back as guys who didn't walk anybody. They just learned right. command and control, and so that was the comparison I got. I, obviously, Michael has exceeded uh, what Colby Lewis was able to do, but uh, yeah, Kikuchi has been a star over there. Um, you know, he's got. Go ahead. No, I'm excited. I mean, it's a it, he's different than uh, yeah. the only reason we're doing this comparison is just because he's uh, less of a known entity than everyone else. Correct. Um, that's the only reason. Why, obviously, their skill sets are different. Kikuchi has a really good slider that is more of a weapon than Mikolas uses his, from my understanding. Uh, lefty, of course, as well as opposed to the righty, and not as like doesn't have the massive deuce that Mikolas has. It's just a different approach all around. Um, but yeah, I think 15th round is about it. We're looking at the other guys here. I'm seeing Gaussman, Quintana, Nuka, mm-hmm. Porcello. I, those are not names that I think are going to make or break your team positively. We weren't even, uh, uh, I, I know you and I and how we feel on a lot of those guys uh, before our NCRT and Posey picks. Those were free picks for us. We were not looking at Porcello, Newcomb, right. Gosman specifically, uh, Quintana. Hill, I'm okay. Hill, I'm I know. Like, I, I, I did the Hill. same thing. I'm doing the uh, the wavering hand. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, okay, you know, yeah. I see what you're doing. All right. But, uh, yeah, Newcomb, <laughs> Porcello, I had to scroll down to cross them off my list. It was it's sure. just, it's just not really a thing. So, me, so, so with those guys going, Kikuchi, yes, I would much rather take that jump there. Uh, there is Alex Reyes that Bobby Sylvester took later, and we've talked about him before. Um, but I think I would, I value his upside a little bit, and his ceiling a bit more than Kikuchi's, just because I understand it and I can, I can visualize and, and I can give my stamp of approval that yes, this is legitimate upside, more of a known entity, right? We've seen them. But who knows? I mean, I, I think 15th round sounds right for Kikuchi. This might be something that we see consistently entering uh, draft season. I don't really think he's going to elevate to rounds of 10 or 11 or so. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I think there could be some hype that pushes him up a little bit. If he stays here and is more in the 14 to 16 range, I'm going to have some Kikuchi shares without a yeah. doubt. I really liked your next pick here. I thought this was a, a really sharp pick going back to the reliever boards. Um, for your second guy here to pair with Osuna, you went with Jordan Hicks. Now, and obviously we saw yeah. such an interesting season from him. He started off and he probably made your, your gift list all the time because he was so nasty. But he actually kind of was trash. Like he had – an equal strikeout and walk rate and both were bad like it's very difficult to have a situation where well i guess it, it, if it's really low strikeouts then it's low walks he was a nightmare to start he had no idea where right. the ball was going they couldn't really hit it because they didn't the batters didn't know where it was going either but he really stabilized and actually did some things in the second half 
uh, he's penciled in as their closer. And so it looks like you got yourself a second closer on a quality team here. Uh, Jordan Hicks ended up uh, rallying and finishing with 359 ERA, 134 whip, uh, and even got the strikeouts going a little bit with 70 in 78 innings. What did you think about Jordan Hicks uh, when, when you took him? And do you feel like you got a closer here or were you just drafted some Ks, even if he ends up being more of a fireman? Honestly, um, have, having already drafted Aaron, I just am a country guy and I just wanted more Hicks on my team. <laughs> Um, but I, no, but so Jordan bad. Hicks, he's, <laughs> he's, uh, I see a lot of trining in him. Yes. Essentially. And it's, I, I don't think I'm the first to say that there's no way I am. Uh, so it, it's a, it's a case where he has this obvious raw stuff and he's going to have more opportunity to continue to improve it and polish it. He is going to be the closer for the Cardinals. My understanding, those are running back Carlos Martinez. It's came out, came out with the St. Louis post dispatch. They had an interview, uh, uh, with the management there and they're saying, no, no, we want Carlos right, Martinez to, to be a starter. Yeah. So there's no one else. There. Obviously they're going to put him uh, as the closer in St. Louis. That's great. The, <laughs> what really bothered me though, was that two picks later, Wade Davis went, and I thought Davis had already been drafted. Oh, and so you're like, dang, could it? Because I, I believe him. in I believe in Davis a little bit more than I do Hicks. Um, yeah. Just because there's obvious questions about his walk rates and his uh, his feral command. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Davis, I feel a little bit stronger about. He just had like a couple bad days, and that was it for Davis for his season. Uh, I could have sworn that he was gone, and he just wasn't. Uh, and also, I think Jordan Hicks. You can get. I could have maybe gotten him in the 16th, 17th. I don't know if he would have gone past you, but I, I am on. I understand that no one is really chasing Hicks at this point. I got him in the the pitcherless staff mock in the 16th round. I wonder if it's the lack of stability on on the roll. Right. So that makes me think like, okay, I will get Wade Davis and maybe even get him as my third closer in the 16th. Mm-hmm. So seeing Davis off the board, I was like, oh man. What am I doing? I think I messed that one up. But otherwise, I'm still happy with Hicks in the 15th round. I think he can turn into a top 10 closer in 2019. Certainly. And, and like I said, I, I like the pick there. And I think you're at least going to get a boatload of strikeouts, uh, regardless of, of what the role is. Uh, coming back around in the 16th, I did consider him when I took Loriano, but I wanted <laughs> to get Loriano or Meadows. This was another one that I knew I was pressing my luck. And truth be told, right. I, I never really thought I, – I didn't think he was going to make it back because I was giving you two cracks at him once I took Oriano and didn't take Nick Pavetta. So he went ahead and took Pavetta. Um, this is a great price. I have absolutely zero issue with this price. This is pick 190 in the 16th round. This is where he should be going. Um yeah. Because he's unproven. He has things that he has to work on. So I thought you did a good job here. Talk to us about your boy, Nicky P. Oh, man, it's funny. Uh, he's always been my boy because he's been so cheap. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I want to make sure that's clear, that I don't. I have no intention of drafting Nick Pavetta before the 13th round. Yeah, if he soars in cost, you're I'm out. not touching him. Yeah, I'd be out too. I mean, you've made this point about him being uh, Michael Pavetta. Sorry, Michael Pineda 2.0. Let's just call him the Michael Pavetta. Michael Pavetta. Uh, <laughs> or Nick Pineda, yeah. But anyway, I... The thing about Pavetta, obviously, is his inconsistency. Mm-hmm. It's a thing of, uh, is his fastball going to stay up? Or is he going to leak to the middle of the zone? Or is two breaking balls, his curveball and slider, going to be dominant in the sense of 35 to 40% usage in a given game? And are they going to be low? When those two things work, that's why we have those 12 strikeout games, and he's so good. 
But when it doesn't, that's why we see a 477 ERA. I also really do feel he had a ton of bad luck. We talked about it in previous podcasts and in our fireside chats about the bad luck that Pavetta was having. I but I really do think that that 27% K rate, there's a lot that's real there. That 12% swing yep. strike rate, that is real. And this could turn into another four plus ERA season. This could turn into a three point five ERA season, even better if it, it does go his way. I mean, it was a three fifty one Sierra. It, it's not like he didn't have anything not goes away. Sixty nine percent left on base rate, three twenty nine. Sorry, three twenty six BABIP, sixteen percent home run per fly ball rate. That's the hotel, the holy trinity equating luck that is just not in his favor. No. And so, some of it's I mean, some of it's of his own own doing. Yeah, exactly. Some is deserved. Some is a little bit bad luck. Certainly. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Sixteenth round, I will definitely go chase that strikeout rate, and hopefully things work out. Um, actually, I got a, a message from Eno uh, after I took Pavetta. He wasn't happy with me. Uh, <laughs> he was displeased. <laughs> um, he was also. I, I don't know. Actually, I'll let him talk about it. But he did talk about a source uh, that he has talking about Pavetta and why he's interested in Pavetta moving forward or at least a comment I don't want to ruin his thing um, if you want to mention that so but that is he gave me some food for thought about Pavetta as well after the fact that you guys should tweet at him and ask if he wants to reveal but uh, I thought that was very interesting too Pavetta is just someone yeah 16th round sure why not make him my sixth starter okay I I like it and like I said he would have 100% gone to me if you let him go Um, instead I took another guy I like uh, in this range here and I went with Kent Maeda Um, you know I'm not banking on big innings here. They'd be foolish to do so. It's there's 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 just a cap. You can't you can't make a valid projection that uh, that pushes Maeda over you know 130 innings. I think anything that you would get over that would be pure gravy. Um, but you got to plan for something in the 120, uh, 120 to 130 range. But what he can do per inning, I think, is valuable. The RA was up a little bit at 381, but uh, the 126 whips fine, and I like the strikeouts. 153 strikeouts in that time, and there is a scenario where, you know, maybe you're not even starting him all the time. You're kind of spotting him in there. Um, obviously, right now he's currently a starter for me, but we'll see how it goes with the rest of my pitching staff. I can see scenarios where I'm kind of giving him breathers myself because he can kind of go through walls. Injuries have been an issue. He's going to be 31. Dodgeritis, as you like to say, can creep up at any moment. He can go in the bullpen. Um, so I had no problem with this. I think I think I kind of know what I'm getting here. I'm getting a uh, you know highish threes. He's a 380 for his major league career, 381.18 with uh, 10 strikeouts per nine or thereabouts, 9.8 rounded up. Um, I'm completely fine with that. that. That's what I was looking to get here, and that's what I'm that's what I'm happy to take. Yeah, the thing about Maeda, I think people forget, is that he has not one but two pitches with whiff rates over 25. percent Mm-hmm. Um, that's his changeup and slider changeups at 26.5 and sliders at 25.5. I, I mean, I have to think if he actually gets consistent starts, uh, he can churn out that 29% K rate again. It'd be I, so I mean, nice. 25 plus. It would be so great. 14.5% overall swing strike rate last year. Mm-hmm. So good. I. Uh, it's just we don't know what's going to happen, and there's talk of like the Dodgers getting more pitching. Like, there's a thing about Kluber going over there. They, and, well, and they've even talked about Kikuchi. Oh right, it's just what is what is this? 
They <laughs> deal love, Maeda then. What would you, what's deal him then? They are obsessed with the adage you can never have too much pitching. They, I mean, after after 2016, I guess, but or was it 17? No, no, it was 16 when they had the, the set the record for most deal. Yeah, I think it was. I uh, I guess it's just as a as it's a fantasy owner for fantasy. Yep. I I 16th round. I'm fine with it. I don't think he will find his way on my teams just because I do take into account that headache. Of like, is he starting? Am I supposed to do something now? Do I it, hold on to him? That's a great point. Not? You have to be mindful of that and how you are uh, as a fantasy player. Like, do you want to deal with stuff like that? That's a heavy consideration when you're taking guys. If you, you know, um, are more of a set it and forget it type of guy, then then you know, draft somebody who's, uh, you know, draft Cole Hamels there. Don't don't take Kent right. Ada, you know, something like that. Because when Cole Hamels is healthy, he's going to go every fifth day. You, you're certain of that. Um, you have to be smart about. That's the thing with uh, when people talk about saves. Like, well, I can just get him off the wire. First off. No, you can't. I hate when people just say that because everyone goes for them too. So you're fighting everybody. You're using assets. But if that's not a hassle you want to deal with, then go get Blake Trinan and Roberto Ozuna in the first 10 rounds and you have two closers and you feel pretty good about where you're at, you know, or go get, um, you know, Jose LeClerc and, and Edwin Diaz or whatever the case may be. Get a couple stable. Know yourself. Be honest about yourself and how you want to manage the season. Same for pitching. If you don't want to play the wire the way Nick and I do and want to, you know, discover the next gems and kind of churn guys, then you better get some aces, um, be, or else you're gonna, you know, you're gonna put yourself behind the eight ball there and be in trouble. So I think understanding your own fantasy management skills is very important. But at the end of the day, just just listen to me and Sporo. You'll be fine. Yeah, I mean, if you just. <laughs> Uh, I, oh man! But that so that is uh, that's the the end of the current mock right now. We're just waiting on uh, on Rasball's pick. Who are you hoping comes back to 194? You know, it's it's kind of up in the air right now uh, as far as where I could go. I, I might go ahead and jump another pitcher, but I do have my eye on a power bat uh, in the outfield. And I, I might go with Hunter Renfro if, if he comes back. I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued by what he can do. Um, so he's definitely someone I'm, I'm taking a look at here as, as an, again, another power guy. I mentioned I don't have a lot of, like, pure, just devastating power. And so I think he might be somebody uh, worth getting. And so that, that's, who I, that's who I'm kind of looking at right now if I don't go pitcher. If I do go pitcher, I'm – Debating, I mentioned Cole Hamels. I, I I'd probably go more on the upside tip and look for somebody. Just looking at my list here, it might be somebody like a uh, might be time for like a Joe Musgrove, who I do like. But the thing it is, the thing of it is, I'm looking at my list right now. It's globbed up. Like there's so many guys that I just don't find any real differences between that I think I am going to really lean toward hitter. And in that case, uh, Hunter Renfro is really standing out to me. Yeah, I. I think that i'd probably be taking renfro if he sticks um i love renfro i think that's a really fun pick to make there are like a couple of those guys on the padres there's also fran mil reyes yep, he's Franchi second Carrero on my even he's second you on can, my you can do. Uh, list um so so i think at some point i'm gonna have one of them if you're gonna take my uh renfro then that's fine i'm also wondering if how long i can play chicken on drafting a shortstop <laughs> Oh, you don't have a shortstop. Um, I mean, I might. Actually, I, this might be the time that I just take Ahmed and just call it a day. Uh, which is fine. more or power? Because there's another one I could I could consider if you want if you wanted power. There's two right here that stand out. <clears throat> excuse me, on my remaining shortstop list. And I mean, there's some that you consider. There's there's one of Paul DeJong as yep. well that I can consider. Those are the two. 
Rosario um, and Young. I think I'm going to go Rosario just because I like the idea of having more secure steals, especially I generally like to do that for whatever reason. When you've got pop, uh, I think you've got pop. You've got to, is seal, is seals late power early is generally how I go. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think you've got the pop to do it too. I don't I don't know that you're necessarily in need of right. you know what the young does, which is probably a, a mediocre to low average with with some big pop. Uh, Rosario, Rosario's pretty electric too. He could he could even bust out too. Right. Well, that's the thing. Oh. I like that. I like that. I'm probably going to get 20 plus stolen bases, but then there's also that upside for a lot more on top of that. So I so there's also the consideration. I mean, there's so many guys that I want <laughs> I want as starters like. I'm just going to throw them out there for you. Uh, Jimmy Nelson is someone I consider. Uh, Mike Soroka, I want to get in there. Julio Urias, I'd consider. I will have Soroka shares 100% this year. Uh, has Skaggs been drafted yet? Um, no, he's he's right there with uh, Hamlet and some of the other guys. In fact, he's actually... Oh, man. Why? I, I, I'm seeing some of these players, and I don't want to... I mean, for me personally, I just I love Skaggs entering next year, which is crazy considering how much I hated him before. You came around on him. No, that's, we talked but, about um, that. Like, you can't those, be like locked in on somebody and say, I'm not going to move my position here, particularly right. if as they evolve, because pitchers evolve. Um, I mean, I, I even have these numbers, I think, ingrained in me now. It's a 262 ERA <laughs> through his first 19 starts. And then I think it was like a 14 plus ERA in his last five. And that was when he was dealing with his groin injury. So, okay, he was dealing with that stuff. Let's not look at that four plus ERA and think, oh, he's a four plus ERA guy. That's not exactly. what the case is. So, uh, elevated fastball was really working for him. And his, yeah, slider and, or not slider, his, his changeup overperformed, but the two seamer overperformed. I think the curveball is better than the negative pitch value that it was. But there's still other guys, too. I mean, you can even consider Gohara later on. You can consider Matt Boyd, who had increased velocity in the second uh, down the stretch, even the last two months. Uh, and you mentioned Cole Hamels, too. Joey Lucchese, Reynaldo Lopez. There's so many starters left. And th- this is part of the reason why I want to go one starter, maybe the first seven. Because if I just load up like the last four rounds with all these guys, maybe one hits and that does well, then great. Cool. Now I feel a lot more confident. And I have a much more sturdy offense. Uh, so I don't know. I'm like going back and forth. Obviously, I'm pitcherless, and I would imagine I'm going to have more starters than anyone else, just because I just get excited about too many people. Well, yeah, I just want to. I just want to get so many of them. By the way, I one avenue I didn't mention where I could go is is another closer because I do only have the one right oh, now. Oh yeah, that is that, um, right. I actually expected you to take uh, to take one next pick, and I considered it with my Ada, and then I was like, well, I, I can probably get one here because um, he's got. Rasball has Iglesias and Vizcaino. I doubt he goes for a third. So it's it's actually going to be Renfro or a closer. The the starter is off the board right now for me. It's going to be, but they're not great options. Like, um, is Will Smith going to have the job? Um, Does Juris Familia go out and get a job somewhere? Does uh, Zach Britton? Does David Robertson? It's like wide open right now. Kelvin Hurt. A lot of free agents who are good. Jeffress been taken? Jeffress has not been taken, but I think Knievel has that job. Yeah, right. Does he? I don't know. Yeah. I I don't know either. So that's, that's the scary thing. So right now I'm looking at Will Smith. I mean, it's such a bad team, but I think Michael Gibbons is the closer in Baltimore, but... I don't think I want to touch Baltimore. And, and, and who's the guy in Detroit, you think? Is it going to be Joe Jimenez? Is it going to be Shane Green? I think it's Jimenez. Um, they've considered picking a fan out of the stands every ninth inning. But they have a save <laughs> opportunity as kind of like a promo to that's keep a, fans interested. Yeah, that's great. Uh, but, but yeah, yeah, you might want to consider that, I guess. 
But so, yeah, it's tough now. Between the garbage teams, though, I think I'd rather stay away from Detroit and Baltimore. I think San Francisco is going to be more of like a 75-win team. I don't know that they're going to fully bottom out and be like a 63-win a, a team. So uh, I will probably lean toward Will Smith if I do that. So I think I'm going to be with one of the uh, um, uh, sand teams, whether it's San Francisco or San, San Diego, whether it's Renfro or Will Smith. And heck, Rasball could make my decision for me if they go. take Renfro. So we'll see how that goes. Um, we'll wait until the end of the draft to to discuss this again because that'll, that'll give us another handful of rounds, and that might not be next week. So next week we'll we'll come no. up with a new topic for pitching. Um, I just did a piece on nine injury guys to pay attention to, and there were some names that were brought up in the chat or in the comments about others. So maybe we can do a breakdown of those guys plus some of the other ones that people brought. That up. sounds great, and I love that. Uh, because I think those guys get completely forgotten once they are injured and, and, and gone for a while. So maybe that'll be our topic next week. Uh, in fact, let's go ahead and put that in, on, on the books let's right do now it. And, uh, and, and book it. And so we'll figure out when we record. Justin and I will be back next week too. And I'll have a solo. So three episodes next week, we'll be back into the full swing of things. Nick, it was great talking with you and I hope you have a good weekend. It's a pleasure. And uh, last thing I yes. need to mention you said 63 wins, and I love that. You didn't say 60. You didn't say 65. You said he might be a 63-win yeah. team. So let's put that on the board. Giants are going to be a 63-win team. No, no, they're not going to be. I said they're, they're, oh, they're not. They're, they're not, not going to be a 63-type 63 63. win team. That's going to be Detroit. <laughs> that's even better. Yeah, that's going to be Detroit and Baltimore. Okay. That, that's where they're oh, There you go. Let's put that on the board. Uh, but anyway, yeah, thank you so much for having me today. It was always, it's always great coming on here, and I uh, look forward to our next one. Sounds great. Take care, Nick.